are listening to True Crime Fiction, feeding your addiction to the best of the written and the spoken word in crime. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as £1 at patreon.com slash truecrimefiction. There are some people who become much more than who they were as a physical, living, breathing person. Instead, they appear to grow into something bigger and symbolise something greater than who they ever were in life. One example of such is King Arthur. Originally a pagan warlord of the Britons, he has morphed over centuries to a Christian king or high king who has been used as a symbol to unite people and lend legitimacy to others. Arthur, like many legends over a thousand years old, has collected so many layers that the seeds from which it has grown is obscured, lost to history. It is this gap in our knowledge that partly allows Arthur to morph in the way it has over time and be used again and again for other people's purposes. As humans, we are often fascinated by what is not there, what is absent, and it is the mysterious, the unknowable that draws people to it again and again in the hope that perhaps we can find something that makes sense of the mysterious and feel a little bit more in control in the world. This appears to be the case with the Black Dahlia, real name Elizabeth Short, more well known for her death than for her life, found bisected, mutilated and tortured in a Los Angeles park in 1947. Besides the glamour and the glitz of Hollywood's golden age, Short's murder was brutal and a media circus quickly grew up with multiple theories ranging from the likely to the bizarre. The murder of Elizabeth Short, for all the attention it has received, has remained unsolved, and through time has itself become a vessel to express the needs of others. The most famous theory surrounding the murder of Elizabeth Short is that it was committed by Dr George Hodel. Hodel was considered a suspect at the time, along with four other possible prime suspects, but he came to prominent attention when his son Stephen Hodel a retired LA detective, published a book outlining the reasons he thought his father was a murderer. There followed a podcast by his nieces and a TV series, I Am the Night, starring Chris Pine. The Hodel theory is certainly arresting. It is unusual for people to accuse their own family members of such a gruesome act, and that in itself is enough to pique most people's interests. However, as Root of Evil, the Hodel Nieces podcast unfolds, it is possible to see a genuine case. George Hodel, an arrogant genius with an overbearing mother, a qualified doctor, is what appears to be a truly terrible human being. He practices a backstreet abortionist using the abortions he performed to tie powerful men to him. He repeatedly raped his own daughter, possibly fathering his own grandchild, and was also suspected of being complicit in several deaths of other young women, including his secretary. Root of Evil gradually lays all the facts before you, so that with each new episode of the podcast you feel more and more sure of Hodel's guilt. 
when faced with someone as monumentally horrific as George Hodel, it feels very easy to believe that he was a man capable of anything. That is until you listen to Audible's Solving the Black Dahlia, in which Doug Lau, a man who tells you he used to be in the CIA as often as he can, tries to solve the case. Lau starts off meeting with Steve Hodel and, like many others, is convinced of his case. That is until he meets Larry Harnish, who appears to have some beef with Hodel and blows holes in many of the theories around his father. Despite the grandiose title, Lau does not appear to really solve anything. Rather, he goes from one theorist to another, not consulting many sources and conducting no research of his own. In the end, Harnish tells us who he believes killed Elizabeth Short with a totally unnecessary I'll only tell you if you're not recording scene, which he does but then immediately tells us on the record also. The revelation is underwhelming, with mainly circumstantial evidence, which does not fully make sense. Concluding this podcast, you have to acknowledge that Elizabeth Short's murder has not, as the title promised, been solved by Lau, but he has got to tell everyone who listens that he used to be in the CIA. All of this brings me to the Only Black Dahlia podcast, which so far does the case any justice. Hollywood and Crime's Black Dahlia Serial Killers. At first it feels a little hackneyed putting serial killer in the title and it feels as though it has been done just to drum up purient interest. However, as the episodes unfold, it seems as though there really is something to the theory that the Black Dahlia was not a one-off, especially given that people who commit crime tend to, on the whole, escalate in ferocity not start at the ultimate point, which is one of the problems with Harnish's theory. Black Dahlia serial killers also does more justice to the victims in this story. It is well understood that true crime for some time had a tendency to focus on those who committed the most gruesome and violent crimes, which on the whole does tend more towards men. There has been somewhat of a rebalancing, focusing instead on the victims, particularly with the democratisation of true crime through podcasting and the works of authors like Hallie Rubenhold, as discussed in our episode on the Blackout Ripper. However, this rebalancing hasn't yet become wholesale, and in the case of Elizabeth Short, she is often reduced to a teenage drunk, which teenager hasn't got into trouble, or a young woman too interested in the company of men, so immediately arrest all of us who aren't nuns. There is absolutely nothing Short could have done in her years, however, that would in any way make her deserving of the torture and brutality that was inflicted on her, either before or after death. Serial killers go some way to rebalancing this by focusing on the lives of all of the women who were found murdered in Los Angeles in the war years. In looking at the lives of these women, like the Blackout Ripper, we can establish a sort of social history, a snapshot of what life was like for the ordinary women of Los Angeles. And like the Blackout Ripper, it is hard to divorce the murders from the wider violence going on in the international stage. The way that war changes the way people behave, maybe they take more risks, 
Maybe they feel protected by their uniform. Maybe they are emboldened by how easy they can slip into a crowd, get on a ship and sail away. Most crimes tend to be crimes of opportunity, and what can give more opportunity than the chaos, confusion, heightened emotions and transient nature of populations during a time of war? However, it's likely that the criminal aftershocks of war carry on for much longer than we may realise. Many wonder why the golden age of serial killers, which is suggested to be in the 1970s and 80s, although some believe it may reach 2000, happened at that specific time. One theory about something that admittedly is so complex, it probably has several start points, is that the generation killing in that time had often been brought up by parents and grandparents who had been through the greatest global wars in the history of humanity. Could it be that such great violence and disruption, and what I suspect will be the untreated trauma, PTSD and resulting mental health problems, help create a generation that was more predisposed to violence and it was less taboo in society. Or, on the other hand, it could just be that more global reporting makes us more aware of things that previously we would never have heard of. It's probably best left to the experts in sociology, psychology and criminology to unfurl. Given the depth of research and multiple experts who Black Daryllia serial killers brings in, It is by far the best podcast if you really want a thoughtful look at a murder that is beginning to verge on the mythic. Elizabeth Short, like King Arthur, becomes a vehicle for what others want her to be. And what they see in this murder says very little about Elizabeth Short and much more about their own needs. You have been listening to True Crime Fiction, the podcast that is feeding your addiction to all things crime. You can find our website at true-crime-fiction.com, on Twitter at true underscore crime underscore fic, on Facebook and Instagram as True Crime Fiction. Please rate and review on the podcast app of your choice. Music is by Kitty Kitty Meow Meow.